Well, welcome everybody to the Blow Off Valve podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, Alex and Tucker. And we're back in Tucker's three-season porch. You might hear some bugs outside. It's uh, which means it's still summer. Hopefully, it's charming. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, it's charming. And we may not be doing this. Hundred percent. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bet hundred percent less fireworks than on the last. One. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was. Crazy. You guys. You guys didn't hear it, but I had to edit out a few pretty loud fireworks last time. Um. But we want to talk uh, some F1 this week. And then also, uh, I got my latest issue of Road and Track in the mail yesterday. And on the cover, they the cover story was basically modern collector cars. You know, we all know classic muscle cars and whatnot. But what is going to be, what are the modern cars that are going to be collectible now and in the future? And on the, their, yeah, it didn't help. It didn't help I my, my <laughs> argument. So as as everybody that's listened knows, I eventually want to get a Skyline GTR, and the cover of Road and Track for this article was R thirty three Skyline GTR taillight. So I'm like, everybody already knows. Now everybody knows. Everybody now already knew, but now everybody knows. So uh, I was just like, I get it, but also screw you guys. Um, but we did want to talk about F one because there's a roster shakeup. Yeah, there's a, a record at the at the Hungarian. Grand Prix this past weekend, uh, as well as over the last couple weekends with Silverstone and and the Hungarian Grand Prix, uh, a team kind of coming back in the limelight. Yeah, but yeah. probably the biggest news in the last few weeks has been Nick DeVries getting ousted from a seat at AlphaTauri and Daniel Ricciardo yeah. back on the scene, which, you know, tinfoil hat. I think Netflix was like, you got to get Daniel Ricciardo back. We need him. He is such a great guy for that. What did you think about, you know, DeVries was a rookie. He Now, he I didn't realize how old he was. He's like in his like mid to late 20s. Okay. He's a little dude, so I, I had no idea. But he's like 26, 27, yeah. like that. Yeah. So he's been in the F2 and F3 realm for a while. Yeah. But how did you feel like the guy got half a season? Yeah. yeah. We talked a little bit about it's it's pretty cutthroat. And yeah. I think if you're in the in the Red Bull orbit, it's even worse. Yeah. Um, We've talked you know, about how Max's prior teammates before Checo kind of getting chewed up and spit out. Alex Albon, Pierre Gasly. Yeah. I mean, how Ricardo, you know, going back. Yeah. I kind of like, in some sense, I'm a little bit... It's interesting that Danny's back with that team. Yeah. Just because he, he knows, like, right? He, he knows what he's, he's getting into. Them. Right. He left them while he had a seat. Right. And um, so it's kind of interesting to see that he jumped back there. But yeah, it's just it's a pretty cutthroat team. They they really have no patience. Um, you know, Williams, they're willing to maybe keep somebody one or two seasons longer. Yeah. And the thing about it though is like in that sport, there's it just is kind of awful, but you, you've got your chance and it's it's fleeting. Yeah, like look at Oscar Piastri. Oh yeah, right. I mean, yeah, he's come in and he's you know held the P two position in a couple of races for long stints. Yeah, and dealt with pressure. Yeah, um, he's got a, obviously you know good equipment now to work with. So he, yeah, he's delivered. Yeah, he's looking really solid. You know, it's just the cards have have fallen in the in the in the right direction for him. So yeah, I think it's tough on Debris that. Alphatari car is not good this season, but I think what was ultimately really damning for him 
is that he pretty much finished behind his teammate in like every race and he had some crashes i mean if you go if you go back to when alex albon was with red bull it wasn't just it wasn't that he was slow alex has always been pretty fast but what got him ultimately kicked was he crashed a lot yeah and i think it comes from they're pushing the car beyond their comfort zone trying to keep up with max or trying to keep up with their teammate or whatever and ultimately you know yeah. I, I never heard this before but apparently he had the nickname nick debris because of all those crashes which i thought was a little harsh yeah. but the, the, you know I think it is a very humble marco with that program is super cutthroat so you knew he wasn't gonna have much to come i think if you you know you take a step back as um a human being it's certainly a tough field to be in obviously they get paid really well yeah um but this guy made it his dream and he got half a season so that's like how do you deal with that as yeah. a human because like, he knows he's probably not gonna yeah. be that like that's challenging that's super challenging especially at that young age in your late 20s like, yeah you know that'd be like us being told like the career you've embarked worked your whole life for you're done you know you've been doing this since you were five wait and now you're done at 27. yeah so i i do have a lot of compassion it's um not not pleasant i don't yeah obviously there's like a lot of other motorsports opportunities out there for people you know whether right there's touring rally cars or, rally yeah. etc yeah touring cars nascar so there's like a lot of um you indie. can go to indie yeah so there's a lot of options i mean if that's what you want to do but, but it's tough it's if your dream was always a formula one driver and and you know the the thing is like there was some debate when he came in because a lot of people felt like he got that seat off of essentially one incredible showing i think it was at monza he was in a i forget if it was a williams or a mclaren i think it might have been a williams but he had he he drove really well i think it was i think it was a williams because i think it was his albon maybe was out with appendicitis oh um something like that and (laughs) and and so he he was an albon seat drove really well that's right i remember this yeah it was at monza yeah right you're right you're right and so um you know you know but that's i'm not saying he did deserve the seat well and that's the thing though it's uh, like you've obviously you know played sports i played baseball i was a pitcher so like the whole you live and die by your best and worst performances and and so sometimes you come out and you've got a good showing and then you build on that momentum and you yeah. just get better and then other times you have a bad showing initially and, and it spirals. really corrupts your um, confidence and it spirals that's the biggest thing you hit on you were a pitcher i was a goalkeeper both yeah very they're solitary position and they're very critical for the outcome form. of the game right. <laughs> which and, really is a lot of pressure but i think you hit on it i have no doubt that nick debris in a simulator with no pressure can turn a lap just as good as Matt. Yeah. But at the end of the day, confidence and dealing with pressure is Dude. what separates these guys. I mean, yeah. we're talking about guys that lose a seat by being a tenth of a second slower over one lap. <laughs> it's just brutal. I mean, you know, because in a 56 lap race, you know, yeah, a tenth of a second matters. But, you know, so when you're talking about margins that are that thin, confidence and being willing to be aggressive die for an opening lean on a tire more like whatever the case may be 
it is a confidence game. And I think Nick, and the same thing happened with Gasly, same thing happened with Albon. They think they can compete with Max, or they think they can use that car to the same ability. And then they start seeing that they can't quite keep up. They start pushing. They still can't keep up. They lose confidence. Then they start crashing, and yeah. it's kind of game over. And I think that yeah, we've I seen that story, and then yeah, yeah. probably would happen again. Think so, yeah. That's cool. All that being said, it's it's fun to see Danny back in yeah, F one. Yeah. I'm so um, excited to see that. I, I just and he finished higher than Yuki. Well, well, that pretty impressive car. And he had a damage. The guy yeah, he got freaking in the first right out of the first corner. Yeah, yeah Jaguan Yu basically rear-ended him. him. He, he hit somebody hit else. The, it was the um, Alpine team. The Alpine. Yeah, and then they both hit each other. Yeah, and the Alpines hit each other. They both had retired. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So so Danny. And, know, and that's too bad for Joe too because he had a good, um, had a really good um, qualifying. Qualifying. Yeah, and he just had like massive anti-stall. Yeah. When he was trying to get going, he and Valtteri both had great qualifying. They're both in Q three. Yeah, and then didn't wasn't it Danny was the one that in? Yeah, he ended up on out on the grass or Pierre or somebody. Yeah, I mean it was just kind of a mess. Was, like you remember, I don't was it twenty twenty one when it was all rain there. And yeah, there's just like yeah, freaking yeah, bowling car yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was <laughs> kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> You know, so yeah, it was a crazy. First. So that so that was like a really good showing for Danny. Like when you look at the the numbers where he finished, yeah, maybe they're not shockingly impressive, but the Alphatari really has, hasn't been in the points exactly. at all. It's not been a great car, and which is kind of interesting being a sister team Red Bull. But you know, he beat he he had a damaged car. He still yeah. outdrove Yuki. Like that really actually yeah. says a lot. So I hope. From his perspective, that was a confidence building yeah. exercise rather than like when he went to McLaren, it was just like, what yeah. the hell is going on? I, I really wonder if, you know, there were a couple things after Hungary that I'm questioning. One, when they brought Nick in, Yuki was kind of the de facto team leader because he had been there the longest and they were expecting him to mature and take on that leadership role. And now you got Danny in there who obviously a seasoned veteran. So is he now like mentoring Yuki? And is Yuki's job, is his seat at risk? I kind of wonder. You know, I mean, like Danny comes in having not raced an F1 car in a year and he outperforms Yuki in the first race. You know, like that's, I, I feel like that's kind of damning. I know, I know. For Yuki's performance. Yuki, yeah. I, uh, and I like him, but. I do too, yeah. He's a funny guy, but I think. Yeah, he he's a young guy. I don't think obviously he's, he's a pretty probably, immature guy. Yeah, exactly. I think he's probably shown some growth, but he he's still probably pretty immature. So I I think by definition, Danny is is, is now, Yeah. Do you think is like a leading question because I have my suspicions? But do you think this is a setup for Danny to get back into Red Bull with Checo's? Yeah. So uh, you know, contract up in twenty twenty four, and and that's I think what what Christian Horner alluded to in mm-hmm. um, some discussion over the past couple of weeks. Cause I remember seeing that. Um, Cause Danny would, Danny, or, I think would be, he would play the, he, he's what Red Bull needs because Red Bull is viewed as this asshole team right now by a lot yeah. of people. He would like bring a lot of viewership for Red Bull. A lot of people like him. Yeah. He knows he's not going to have to come back. 
He knows that time to stop. Well, that's what I think because I was just going through my mind and thinking like, he that's a hell of a circuit to come full circle for Danny. Yeah. Back to that same position. Red Bull to Renault yeah. to McLaren to Avatar back to Red Bull. <laughs> I think, though, that Danny may be in a much different place yeah. than where he was like four years ago, where I think he was still... I think he's yeah. going to come into that situation recognizing that like Max is just a dominant force of this car. Yeah. My job here is to support the team. Is to be Botas. And I'm and happy Mercedes. to do that. Yeah. I'm happy to do that because I'm at a different place in my life. It also guarantees an, another it, say he goes to Red Bull next year or the year after. He gives him a chance at maybe getting another 10, 20 podiums before his career yeah. Yeah, exactly. may not win. Yeah. Yeah exactly. Win. yeah, exactly. But and I gets... think if if he can go in with that mindset, because I I feel like when he left them, I didn't get the sense that like Christian was saying you need to go. Yeah. I think Christian wanted him to stay there. I think he likes Daniel. I think he likes I think he does. I mean, I kind of referenced that when when he there was a Netflix episode where you know Danny walked by him and they were kind of talking in the interview, like, and Christian was like, "What? What happened?" It's gonna be, yeah, you know, like, so, you know. And I think when it was by his lack you know, of performance, yeah, anybody. exactly. What went to McLaren. So I think at the point that stage in Danny's life, he was probably looking for more and thinking like, legitimately, he could outcompete Max. Yeah, and I think it's declared itself at this point that yeah. Max is a terror with yeah. that car. I think just all the stars have aligned for him to be an unstoppable force right now. Yeah. I think Danny realizes with Max in the sport, he's not going to be world champion. And for him to even get in a competitive car again would be a huge win. That's how, and and honestly, that's what probably Red Bull is looking for. Yeah. They need a number. Can you come to, to our team? And all we're really looking for are some consistent results. Yeah. We've got a guy that puts this car in P1 every week. every weekend. Yeah. Like, we just need another car that's consistently at the top so yeah. we can take the constructive so that, Right. So that if another team is yeah. competitive, they're not getting two and three. Exactly. Which yeah. we're starting to see. Uh, that was, you know, and, and you, alerted, you alluded to Oscar Piastri. <laughs> So wow. at Silverstone, McLaren brought new upgrades they in. Brought some heat. What those upgrades are is not entirely clear. We know the car is really fast. Some people have theorized that that Checo's crash at Monaco allowed people to get a look at the underside of the Red Bull. And maybe McLaren has replicated their under tray and their diffuser. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but that's all speculation, but okay. what we have seen is at Silverstone and out Hungary, Silverstone, Lando got second, Piastri was third, yeah, which was incredible. Max won, of course. Um, That's but it was like, well, is this a flash in the pan? It's a very high speed track, yeah. obviously. So then they go to Hungary. It looked like it was quite. They a get hit. second and fourth. Lando's on the podium again in second. Piastri is in fourth. Looked fat. I mean. McLaren went from looking at the beginning of the season like an absolute joke. Yeah. To now climbing up like to a... where you're wondering 
we're halfway through the season. Could McLaren Could, get hey, second or yeah, third? The constructors, yeah, or Mercedes or Aston Martin. I mean, well, Aston Martin fun, are, are starting to kind of yeah, fall back. That's the fun thing um, with this season. Yeah, it's a long season. Obviously, it's kind of boring with Max winning every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but outside of that, which they set the record. They did. They did. Twelve yeah, wins so, in a row. Yep. So congrats to them. Beat for McLaren. That. that that was a. Uh, McLaren record before. That was probably what the MP44 that Senna and Prost probably. were driving. How cool is that? Yeah, you know, pretty so, incredible. So that's a that's pretty epic. Um, but it's cool to see the dynamics. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I'd be very curious. So they they asked uh, Nico asked at the end of that race. Um, so what what'd you guys do to the car? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a lot of great teamwork. Yeah, right. The yeah. usual. They're not saying anything. <laughs> yeah. But it's, oh, we know why it's that now. <laughs> you know, but it's what's fun to see is like we knew Lando was fast. Yeah. And everybody kind of knew Lando was fast, but now he's got a tool. Now he's got a great tool. He he out, you know, he, he was. He's a very, yeah, exactly. He nearly out qualified Max at Silverstone. Like it was like <laughs> thousands of seconds. Um, and and he actually was leading Silverstone for the first uh, yeah. couple laps until yeah. DRS got activated. Yeah, and then the Red Bull took off. But yeah. you know, he it was yeah. Fun I mean, to see. well, and even this past weekend, it was fun to see how you know even uh, Lewis had a great race. Really, yeah, Lewis I mean, had a he great was race, chasing down you know potentially third place right at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was cool to see, like, the Mercedes still have a lot of pace. So yep. it's just a good competitive environment. And I, and well, I, Lewis got third at Silverstone. Yep. Which, that was a hell of a podium. Yeah. <laughs> Max and Lando and Lewis. But, um, you know, that, seeing the Mercedes be competitive again, or, you know, yeah. consi- being consistently yeah. competitive, it it's kind of like we talked about last time. Like, if you're going to enjoy this season... You've got to start looking beyond who gets first place. And, Max, and even Max is going to yeah, get first. And like this past race, it was really fun to watch. You know, Checo have this chance at you know chasing down whoever was in front of him. Yeah. Um, and credit to Checo, like he's been under a ton of pressure. He crashed in FP one. Um, you know, and then he ends up, I think, starting. Where he starts where he started on the grid, but he made up quite a few places to end up at P3. Yeah. So, so he, he's he delivering, yeah. Because that's, again, all they really need out of him is just some consistent results. Consistent points. Yeah. You know, ideally, so maybe they keep second guarding Max. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, quite honestly, Max needed it. I mean, no, in Hungary, but it was such a gap. Yeah. In Hungary, he based pretty much every race, he has enough of a gap by the end of the race that he can pit, try and get fastest lap on new soft tires you know yeah and the other thing that's kind of interesting is uh just kind of watching out of all of these upgrades and all of these changes you know ferrari are just really kind of struggling yeah yeah so i mean it's kind of we talked about this somebody in this upgrade to all these new cars was going to struggle and out of the gate it certainly seemed to me mclaren yep and uh it's kind of frustrating because it's a smaller company. Obviously, they make very specialized, yeah. high-end, very expensive cars. But you still want to be see them successful. And so I'm, yeah. I'm happy to see them 
back up at the top in the mix. Yeah, no, it, it is really fun. I, I, I like Lando. I like Zach Brown. The yeah, so I like Zach. He, he's a, he's a genuine car guy. He yeah. races cars. He's got an incredible car collection. There's a YouTube video, uh, cool that, uh, Jody Kidd, who is kind of an interesting story. She's a former supermodel from like the seventies and eighties, but she's a huge car nut. I think she did some racing and stuff, but she does, she, she, kind of tours various places and kind of uses her connections to like see these incredible cool. cars. So she went and visited Zach Brown and he's cool. got amazing road cars. We also have a huge Formula One car collection. <laughs> he's got like one of Senna's old McLarens and so he's a genuine car guy. So I, I do root for them. Yeah. Um and and awesome. I like his antagon that he antagonizes Horner a little bit, you know. <laughs> Not as much as Toto, but I do like <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I've kind of been reinvigorated. I was kind of getting down on F1 this season just because I am, I was getting bored with Max just winning every, yeah. every week. But I've been a little bit reinvigorated by the the mix. Of, you know, now yeah. it's much more competitive for the podium. I mean, probably by next year, I think there's going to be a couple other teams that are going to really be threatening Red Bull. I hope so. And so I think it'll get more and more interesting. We need Adrian Newey to retire. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we need. Um, so <laughs> we we also, you know, we wanted to have a little bit of a fun talk. There, there was a lot of car news. We can't catch up on all that festival speed happened. Yeah. Um, That's true. Which uh, there was, you know, some new car reveals there. Um, the Singer DLS uh turbo yeah. what that was there, which yeah. looked crazy um no chance in getting one of those no 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 <laughs> no, no but uh so a lot of a lot of really neat stuff but the road and track cover story kind of made me wonder out of and and my limitation for this was what's on sale right now yep so there's good. you know you can name a 991.2 gt3 touring I wouldn't argue with you, but it's not on sale right yeah, now. So, I agree. Yeah. Um, so I, agree. I wanted to I wanted to kind of pose the question yeah. to you. You know, yeah. pick three cars that and you know, I didn't really set up a, a money yeah, yeah, thing on this. Yeah, yeah. But three cars that are on sale right now that you think fifteen, twenty years from now they'll be looked at like we kind of look at E forty six Yeah, Yep, exactly. Stuff like yeah. that. So one of the things I did when I thought about that question is, you know, if you look at, <clears throat> I think if you go on like something, bring a trailer or any of these kind of collector sites that would be transacting with these cars, what type of cars have a lot of, um, you know, volume in terms of chat conversation, things yeah, about. And, yeah. And I don't, and I don't really think at the end of the day that, Obviously, they're very cool cars, but like ultra high end cars, nobody can afford or approach. They're on a medium, yeah. So you don't you don't get these like four pages of conversation about right. And so, so from my perspective, that's really important. Is you know what is semi attainable? I only have one car that violates that. Okay, what you know what appeals to the enthusiast crowd? Yeah. Um, And and I just I don't know because of that I so what I organized so I organized a little bit around that and then I wanted to pick a car from 
kind of each of the regions. Okay. On, on, nice. on, because I just think that's... So you're thinking the U.S., Europe, Japan. Bingo. Yeah, yep, exactly. So, and then the other thing for me is thinking in terms of the future, let's say 30 years from now, what's going to be on the road, what's going to be accessible, what's going to be inaccessible mm-hmm. 30 years from now, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's electric cars with manual transmissions. Yeah. But it's not going to be the same thing. We know some... I forget if it's Toyota or Honda. Well, BMW is was talking about killing the manual and like right. one of the future. Their CEOs, companies. yeah. I but one of the Asian companies, and I forget if it might have been Hyundai or Toyota, was talking about a manual transmission for their EVs. Yeah, yeah. Like enthusiasts. I mean, I take whatever. We know it would be artificial. Yeah, I'll take whatever I can get. I guess. Yes. But so I kind of organized around okay. that. So, so why don't we go back and forth? Why don't we okay, go one perfect. to one to one? So you've got the. So, I like the regional thing. I yeah yeah yeah. Thinking I just, of it, I kind I actually did the same thing, not yeah. intentionally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that'll be fun. <laughs> so well, this was kind of a toss up. Okay. <laughs> I really already like, stretching the rules. I really, stretching the rules. I really like my car. Yeah. Um, I love the nine eleven T, but I think if I had to pick. If I was going to pick a modern day collector's car, this is a little bit borderline a, a, affordable, but I might pick the touring. Okay. Um, touring. And a little bit that just, this is a little bit again, just kind of speaking to um, what excites me about cars and, yeah. and, and kind of my use case for cars. So I don't, I don't, you know, have a immediate access to a track or anything, anything yeah. like that. So I kind of like, I like that the touring, the other thing I think about is a little bit production numbers, mm-hmm. you know, out of the GT3 lots. Yeah. That's probably the lesser of the produced yeah. cars. Um, I kind of like a lot of wing GT3s out yeah, there. Yeah. I kind of like also that it's a little bit of a sleeper. Mm-hmm. You can get that in a manual transmission. It's six speed, yep. which is great. Yep. Naturally aspirated. Which, it's the same engine as in my car. Yeah. So yeah. that's, I think, also going to be a little Rose bit to of a... nine sounds yeah, great. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's you know like the most practical car, but it has I kind of feel yeah, I kind of feel if you're gonna bottle up a a capsule and put a nine eleven in it, that's you know gonna then you know sail off into you know yeah, decades history. of future. Yeah. The the modern day nine nine two touring. Aside, the really the only hesitancy with that, like we've talked about, is it's a pretty harsh ride. Yeah, and I think that's sortable. I have heard people complain about that, so it's maybe not. Yeah, people some people have been sorting by changing the tires out. Yep, exactly. Yeah. That or you know, deep decreasing pressures. Yeah, but that's kind of my you know European. I like it. Manual transmission, naturally aspirated. It's a great you know. Yep pinnacle sports car yeah um runs a little bit under the radar okay um but it is very expensive hard yeah. to get a hold of so it's yeah. that's kind of mine it's violating that a little bit yeah. as well but no, i get that I, I, land. I think i thought about the touring and i thought you know if there's there's two 911s that i would sell consider selling my car for one would be a 991.2 GT3 Touring. I think that is the pinnacle of the modern day 911 for me. Well, and that's, I, I think but that probably, obviously would violate the rule. You know, yeah, I couldn't yeah. pick that. I, I agree but, with you there. And I've, and I've heard a number of people speak to that on yeah. forums and stuff. So 
I would agree. I would probably and, agree with that. Like that's and, and yep, so that yep. does lead to the the question of you know the nine nine two dot two. Yeah. Do they sort some of that stuff? I mean, they've never it, they've never not. This goes back to the nine nine seven at least generation. The dot two version has always been better. Yeah. And, and they've always touched with it and and fixed a few things and yeah. Yeah. And and the other 911 by by uh, by that same kind of token would be the 997 GT3 RS 4.0. Sure, sure. But that's that's <laughs> that yeah. to me is on a that's crazy. Um, but I I couldn't I can't argue that the touring. I mean that that is I think the ultimate all rounder yeah. sports yeah, car. Yeah, exactly, uh, and it's from the GT division. Yeah, so that's it's, very, it's special. Yeah. So I'll go with my European car unintentionally uh it's also one that violates my <laughs> it's not a porsche oh fair enough so i didn't put a porsche on my list good for you <laughs> um this was a car that was introduced at the festival of speed okay they're making 110 of them <laughs> so yeah, you'll yeah. never get one <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's probably gonna be at least a million bucks yeah, they haven't yeah. announced the price yet the aston martin valor okay okay i did see valor yeah. valor i'm not sure how it's pronounced yeah um it does look very nice essentially what it is <laughs> so there was a car a one-off special called the aston martin victor okay. that was released two three years ago it was built for a belgian client of theirs who basically commissioned it okay. and what it was was an aston martin 177 chassis and okay. engine with a bespoke body on it that was meant to kind of harken back to the, the more kind of brutal looking 80s aston martins and i don't have you seen the aston martin victor do you know i'll pull up a picture of it here yeah. um th this th it was rumored to it was rumored to cost like three or four million dollars um oh i have seen that. yeah it was on top gear yeah and I always thought that was one of the it coolest modern cars I'd ever seen. It, I, V12 manual, six-speed manual. Sounds incredible. Um, you can there's a top gear episode where they drive it. It sounds incredible. And I always thought if I won the lottery and could talk that Belgian guy <laughs> out of it, I would love that car. And apparently enough Aston Martin customers went to say. Yeah. So as this is like it's a they're making 110 of them uh, because I think it's like a 110 year anniversary yeah. of Aston Martin or something. But basically, it is more or less a Victor. The body's a little bit different, but it's a it's gonna have a V12, kind of a six speed manual. It's even got the the same wheels that the Victor has, so it looks like a slightly smaller Victor. Okay. The chassis is the chassis is built off of I think a DBS or a DB12 okay. chassis. Okay. I'm not sure which, um, but it looks it looks incredible and it, it looks like a little baby victor basically yeah this is the the valor or valor oh yeah i, I mean how rad does that look it's it like does. a futuristic 80s mobile that's what i was saying you know i think it reminds me of um what's the what's the um is it hyundai with the, yeah the yeah. vision N seventy four. I mean, your tastes are very consistent. I so I don't know, and maybe it's just getting older. I the cars from the eighties that I didn't really appreciate. 
are now starting to kind of look cool to me, that kind of boxier style. So that, and also a common theme throughout all three of my cars is going to be, I'm, I looked at it as also from an enthusiast standpoint, obviously, but I looked at it as what are we not going to get anymore? And all three of my cars, I think are, kind of the end of the line for what they represent fair enough fair enough. and this is like, wonderful a manual a manual v12 Amen. like <laughs> yeah probably the last that. time you're gonna see that so <laughs> what's your um, where are you going next usa or i think i'll go to the <laughs> japanese market okay and for that i i'm gonna go with the supra nice uh, okay. because that's also offered yep yep okay because that's also offered in a manual Yep. And because it was such a damn cool car when I was in high school. Yeah. Like I I think it's something that's a little bit maybe underappreciated. Do you today. like the modern super or no, do you like, like, like the Mark IV? I mean obviously the, Mark IV is not new anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's kind of what that that's a lot of the nostalgia. The super it's, name. It's it's built yeah. off of that because yeah. playing grand you know, Gran Turismo oh, yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Put a thousand know. horsepower in. Why not? Yeah. You know, yeah. They the yellow June Supra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I Stage five that. turbo. Doesn't handle worth a damn. Who cares? <laughs> in a straight line. You're not, we're not spending money on suspension. You can catch him yeah. on the straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So I guess the nostalgia would 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 say buy you know the old one just because that's like a dream car that was yeah close, close, the, the know, funny thing the is those are already kid. gone because because our generation feels that way about them i mean low mileage ones are going for six figures which yeah who would have thought you know but it's the fast and furious effect yeah. was, i think you know it will be interesting to see if the kids these days have that kind of impression of the modern day Supra, or is yeah. it? You know, it, you know, it's, it is possible. I could be completely wrong on that, and that at some point in the future, they're just like, "Who cares?" And it's only guys like us that even look at the one on yeah. sale now. Is what a cool car! Yeah. It's so cool that they brought that back. I, I, I do. The modern one got sandbagged a lot because. It had so many BMW. Players. I think so. That's obviously, you know, what I was going to mention next. I do recognize that it's a little bit of a bastard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, out of that market, I think it'd be a fun car to own. It's yeah. it's very it looks great. Looking. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't like look like a, anything else. Exactly. And that's kind of the other thing. It, it doesn't really fit my sleeper category because it yeah. definitely declares itself. But and you don't see them. I I've seen, I think thing. I've seen two in real life. I I wish I could go drive one. You know, because yeah. I think if we actually yeah. went and took it for a drive, it'd, it'd be pretty fun. Of yeah. What a cool car. Yeah, it's funny to me that I have seen more Porsche GT cars in the last yeah. month than I have Supras in the entire time they've been out. Yeah, I think the difference... And granted, we, if we live in Southern California, that would maybe, probably be maybe, different. Maybe, but. yeah. I, I do think, though, that Porsche has really positioned itself as this kind of like upmarket brand from mercedes bmw yeah lexus but in between lamborghini but under ferrari but, lamborghini. yeah but aspirations to be at that level right so they've been increasing prices and blah 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 and so it's kind of like the rolex thing or the louis vuitton thing it's yeah it's a luxury item and so people kind of go a little bit gaga for it and yeah that's why people are 
kind of stretching themselves and saying well that's the whole idea behind like veblen goods right i don't know if you've ever heard the yep. economic term but yeah like the idea that as the price increases the demand increases it seems counterintuitive yeah. but so i that's i guess in some extent why i think of the the supra is like a really cool enthusiast car you yeah. know if you're in the jdm market I, they actually have when you look at the list of manual transmissions out of that market there's a lot of really great stuff on it yeah sale Our, right now so i recognize that yeah, you got the um the civic yeah, exactly. and a yep. bunch of great yep. stuff um yep. on you know the other thing that i think screwed the supra was uh the car salesman because they all when it came out all of them had mass vdms yeah and i think the supra at fifty five thousand dollars was a compelling enthusiast sports car yeah all, all of a sudden when it was eighty thousand dollars it was like mm, i can get yeah. i can get a cayman for that one. yeah i wonder if um i do wonder what the future holds for that yeah you know are they going to continue to produce it like what i'm sure it'll come in i mean toyota's really made a lot of uh you know they've been made no secret especially now their former ceo but he's still their chairman akia toyota huge car guy huge racing enthusiast he's really pushed that gr brand yeah. with the brz um you know the, yeah. the sorry the gr86 the car i'm going to be talking about shortly uh you know they he's pushed a lot of gr stuff and so i wouldn't be surprised if even if it is a loss for them that he says we're still making screw it because yeah. this it is gives us brand identity who we are yeah, yeah. exactly um good for that well i will i'll follow that up <laughs> yeah no no my surprise. god yeah. yeah no surprise uh the gr parole yeah i i i want you to obtain one <laughs> we need to get so one the this you know subaru left the game yeah with what to me is an abomination of a WRX this yeah. generation. They're not making an SCI version. Yeah. Yeah. Mitsubishi with the Lancer Evo bowed out, you know, whatever it was, five, six years ago. So if you're talking about hot hatches, you have Volkswagen with the, the R, R with the yeah. Golf R and the GTI, um, which they've kind of gone kind of crazy with their infotainment stuff and whatnot. <laughs> but if you want a Japanese hot hatchback, GR Pro is it? That's it, and it's cr and it's a, a crazy little That's thing. Great. It's <laughs> yeah, like it's a three. Awesome. It's like a three hundred horsepower all wheel drive, just fun machine. Yeah. And I think it is the last of a dying breed for at least for America. I mean, hatchbacks don't really sell here. Little hatchbacks. So, um, I think this car, this car really came about because we didn't get the GR Yaris, and enthusiasts in America were like this is what we want so they finally built it for us and um i just it's in such a unique market position and it's exactly what i would want it yeah. it's all the power you need to have fun on public road all-wheel drive uh you know it's it's got true enthusiast roots yeah. um i think there's a reason that these things have sold extremely well yeah um, and it is you know and it's my affordable enthusiast car yeah I mean, exactly i think it's awesome uh and i think it's kind of a they'll make a ton of them you know ultimately i'm sure um they're still in relatively short supply but even 
if they do make a ton of them, I think in one, I think in twenty years people will say, "Wait, I can get a Toyota with the reliability that usually entails, with a crazy like one. I think it's one point three or one point six liter turbocharged three cylinder <laughs> engine that Beast. produces three hundred horsepower and is all wheel drive. Like, why not? Why didn't everyone drive I know, twenty years ago? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I think out of the yeah. My entire list it that be, might be the no. Wouldn't it be so fun to go test drive? Oh, just to, to experience. Yeah, I'd love to. I would probably take me right back to my SCI days. But I, I think we'll that's the up, maybe hunt one down and use them. Yeah, I mean, at least go take it for a that. Day. Honestly, so if the safari, if after like one winter, it yeah, just is not yeah. what I need in terms of like mm-hmm. the heater doesn't really work. Or what my backup plan is: sell that buy a, a circuit edition gr corolla and pop the difference for you know say for a rainy day yeah um because i think that is that is the no-brainer answer for me yeah. in terms of a daily driver for where we live yeah I, yeah you don't need any perfect yeah you know i i don't need to i don't care that it's a corolla yeah you know it looks awesome <laughs> I and i could care less so i'll be laughing the entire time yeah exactly that's a smile on your face yeah too. So you've given us Europe, you go yep. to Japan. Yeah. Now I the think American market. This is where I'm concerned that we picked the same car. The black wing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew it. I knew yeah. it. I knew it. I mean it really kind of fits. So you went CT five or CT four B black wing? I would go with the small. Oh, okay. We're not we're not okay. exactly the same. Okay, okay. 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 But that's just kind of hearkening. I mean, like obviously, I own a miniature car. Yeah. yeah. So know? the CT4 made black wing. The funny thing is, everything I've read from a lot of journalists that did comparisons with both said, if it's my money, I would take the CT4B. Very cool. And you can get that in a manual, right? Is that? Yep, you can get it in okay. a manual. The only the big difference is the 4B is like a turbocharged six cylinder. Okay. And that's why I would go with the 5B. Gotcha. naturally aspirated yeah that's fair that's fair. that's fair yeah i and i don't know like what the power to weight ratio on these things is but um obviously smaller car i i just kind of i like that i just like that in yeah. general i'm not a big car person not i'm not saying that that's like a wrong choice um with the vehicle, no i but, get you but that i just think like the smaller with the manual is just a great combination yeah and it's also again kind of fits one of the things I like um, runs a little bit under the radar. It's yeah. kind of like a stealth yeah, yeah, approach. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that. And I and I feel like over time, as as we've talked ad nauseum on this over the years, this is the last hurrah. Yeah, for these type of cars, right? Um, you know, with everything kind of generally getting bigger. Yeah, it fits kind of a cool niche. Yeah, you know. I don't know that anybody's ever going to look back on that, like my 2002, and say, "Oh, what a cute little car." Yeah, but I think you know, with the with the weight of EVs and, and oh. it's also really cool <laughs> that Cadillac. I know. Did that. I know. I, I'll tell you, my my they didn't just, have to do that. My my justification for the for the five B, I would love that it would be a little bit smaller. I have no, I totally agree with you on that. But if you think about the history of the American automotive industry. And what, and what we're known on well, what we're known for probably one of the if not the most uh mass-produced engine in history 
that's is a small block yeah, being. That's fair. That's that's I mean, really good. And so this is probably one of the last, and they've come out and said this, one of the last cards that's going to have a naturally aspirated V8 in it and made it to a manual transmission and, you know, whatever it is, 500 horsepower, something like that. Like, that, th- that is Cadillac, that's GM saying, this is the last 100 years of our history. We know we can't do this anymore. This is... This is the culmination of a hundred years of doing what we do, and like, we're we're looking out the window. Yeah, that big shop is up there. Oh yeah, we can fit all these. Cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Except that's for your ass, Martin. Great. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. can definitely fit the rest in. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need to buy these cars. No, I, I, you know, I. There are the one of the things. What kills me with the black wing is rear wheel drive. For awesome. here, I don't know. Screw it. You know, there's a guy. <laughs> I remember when I was entertaining the BMW M3 rear wheel drive because that's all I was really interested in, and and honestly, that's you know speaks to that. I, I that's what I love about my 911. Yeah, and that, that that if you turn off all the traction control because they're just all so well engineered today, yeah. it's hard to really get anything squirrely. Yeah, within, you have to drive like a bounce. You have to you drive know? like a real asshole to get yeah. in trouble. And and so I think that like that combination. When you combine that, though, with when you actually do flip on all the nanny systems and control systems, mm-hmm. there was a guy in Chicago, which is not that different from our climate, driving that thing around for a few years. It's like, I, I managed. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. Put some winter tires on. Yeah. That's what my mom did. She had a 328i. Yeah. Real no winter drive. tires on it. Winter tires. I mean, you know, at times it was a little squirrely, but I, I have it was that. completely manageable. I have thought about it. <laughs> I, if I had not committed to the Safari, I probably would. The, so the thing with the Blackwing is they're still selling for well over. Sale, I know, which is painful. So you wonder if there will be a time, like over the rest of our working career, yeah, if maybe we, you know, do go on a bender and just say, like, screw it, we're going to buy these cars that we're talking about, some of yeah. these, and just you know save the experience yeah because i do think if you were to buy one of these and and do a long hold on them yeah you, you will very likely be able to sell them for what we paid now oh yeah in future dollars oh yeah easily i, I just I, enjoy the experience that's the thing i mean it's like investing investing in cars is really foolhardy obviously in general but the better you know a market of any kind the better you can invest in whether it's real estate stock market whatever yeah. and That's a really good point we know how other enthusiasts yeah. think <laughs> i know we know how this <laughs> i know when you know and well, you we did jazz and you've had this experience firsthand you when we all are driving silent appliances basically exactly that, what are we going to yearn for and it's exactly what happened to you you the yeah. tycon was an incredible car yeah. and you're getting another one so like, yeah and the difference will will but, really be though in the future is you know like the the future that we exist like as kids we exist in that future now there is a super for sale yeah and it is pretty fun and it does make some noise yeah and it is pretty cool however in 20 years it's not going to make any noise right it'll be generated noise yeah so i think the the fundamental truth is that's it's kind of like right now um i saw in the pandemic 
which is probably not the best time to buy my 2002 because there are a bunch of retirees that have like first-hand yes. experience with these cars with college that were yes. just driving up the price yeah. but i do think there will be a point where we in in life hit the same kind of threshold point. yeah where we're going to look back we call that ask your kids graduate going to be one of our generation and 50s yeah 50s. exactly yeah. and 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 people are gonna not have an option yeah besides buying the ev appliance mm-hmm. and the only other way to to get this experience back is going to be buying on um, bring a trailer or other websites and they're going to be collector cars at that point they may be kind of irritatingly expensive yeah um so yeah anyway so invest now maybe <laughs> maybe the adm is well, ADM might be like the cheapest part of the ownership. I know it's true. Well, it was it was fun kind of going through and thinking about it because you know I've I've said this before. Like, there's not a ton of cars on sale today that I'm that interested. Modern Ferraris are not super interesting to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Modern yeah, Lamborghinis, etc. So like, I really had to stop and think. Okay, what what could I walk into a dealership right now and see? And be like, I definitely want. Yeah, I I think it really just comes back to. I'm. I won't like if a Bugatti pulls up at a Cars and Coffee. It's very cool to see. Yeah, like like don't get me wrong, but kind of like our experience recently, you know, driving our cars out, people just kind of become asshats around, and it's not actually really. It's not that enjoyable. And so the fun car, in a in an interesting sense for the enthusiast or i bet even car collectors is to have the car that runs under the radar mm-hmm. that you can go out and just let rip yeah and it's not causing people to oogle around you and yeah. drive like an asshole to catch up or right. cut you off to get a good camera view of your car like having us on saturday yeah morning. exactly yeah. like so there's something to be said for that i think for just like it's one of the things I like going out in my car and having kind of, it's like a meditative the experience. Most fun, you know, like a about relaxing, it. yeah, enjoyable experience. I don't, I don't like it when people are chasing me, trying to race me. And, well, and for, and for both of us, you know, I think the, the biggest thing is we, we get joy from driving the cars. Yeah, exactly. So like gauging with the, if, if you're not going to drive it and enjoy it, then like, what was the point all along? Yeah, and I think I think fundamentally it really just kind of comes down to a reality, and that reality is I've got some money to put into the world. I don't have an infinite amount, right? But I can put in some money and have a cool experience. Yeah, but it's got to be an experience I can use and engage with. Like, right. If I'm if I'm if I'm garage cleaning it, yeah, then you know I don't know that that it's not. Because I thought about that, right? Like I, I could just like dump all my cars into one amazing car, get a yeah, you know, a Ferrari or something, yeah, and just never drive, right? But it, it just doesn't like translate in because I actually have to go to work to make the money, and that's annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard work, and so it's there's no parity there, right? If it's just a ton of my money per month is going to go into this car. Yeah. It's not no. doing anything for me. So it needs to be meeting this threshold where I can engage with it. Yeah. And and not feel that it is so delicate. So precious. So yeah. precious that I can't even drive it. Because it takes a lot of fun out of it when it's like, It does. You know? Yeah. I, the cars and, and pretty much anything I, I've kind of wanted to collect is like that, whether it's 
you know, I collect sneakers and I wear everything I bought. Yeah, exactly. That's the same concept. It's the same idea. Obviously, like, you know what? If I was a billionaire, I, I yeah. have a different perspective. And they are, but, but it's not my reality. And, and it's not that cars aren't art. It's not that these things aren't art. It's that that's not why I would want it. Like I, I think, you know, I think your 911s and your 2002 are beautiful. I think my 911 is beautiful. Yeah, that's beside the point. The point of the thing is the, because the feeling I get from driving. <laughs> I know. What so if it just sits there, and I and I know this because my car sits. Yeah. For five to six months out of the year, every single year, and I tell you what, I don't get much excitement from just seeing it sit there. Yeah. It kind of makes me sad because yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. be driving. I will say this though: my wife and I were thinking about that the other week. To some extent, when something just when it isn't available all the time, yeah, it, it does actually make it in ways makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, because then when the window opens to use it. It's like yes, exactly. Yeah. There, so there is like I think it's just the it's just like kind of the human condition. It also we relate to things. You well, know, and if it, they're not always because if they're always available, you say yeah, it's not I'll special. Take it out next week. I'll yeah. take it out the following. Yeah. And then three months goes by and you haven't used it. Yeah. Whereas it, if it's like you got five months. Yeah. And then you're just like okay, this weekend I'm doing. It. Well, we we've this. talked about that when we were talking about kind of debating putting your money your 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 big your one big expensive car would it be a daily driver or a weekend car we talked about this because like i experienced this when i bought my bmw when i bought that that was basically yeah, like a dream car yeah, for me yeah, yeah. and now and I, I i know how this sounds but it doesn't yeah. i don't look back at it when i leave it yeah, yeah it's yeah. not it's just my daily driver now. Yeah, like you just get habituated to it, and and I, and I can understand that. And that's something that initially, when you so, told told me that, I just thought, well, it's a lot of money to spend each month to not have something that you engage with consistently. Yeah. But I, I've what one of the things as a as a car enthusiast, and the cars that you purchase, they're they're oftentimes reactions to epiphanies yeah or kind of growth you've had as a right. enthusiast so i thought that was a like it didn't really quite resonate with me but it makes a lot more sense now yeah now like, that you have the t yeah and it is well and yeah and it's it's like i've got the the t the 2002 like i don't drive that thing in the winter so they yeah. all kind of sit there yeah and then now when it's like gorgeous out it's feast yeah yeah, yeah. drive as much like, as i can. what are we yeah yeah what are we taking out tonight like you feel like if you go if you don't go out for a drive on a given yeah. night you, you feel bad yeah. yeah you feel bad yeah um well please don't go buy up all the cars we want <laughs> um but it was, it was really fun thinking about it um so thank you all so much for listening uh we'll probably be back in another few weeks uh, until then check us out on instagram at the blofeld podcast um, be sure to um, rate us, review us on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and we will uh, talk to you all again soon.